Let us pray. Graciously, Heavenly Father, we ask you to pour down your Holy Spirit on us. Lord, give us your peace during this time. Lord, open up our hearts and minds to what you wanted to speak to us about today. Lord, help us amongst this busyness and amongst the tension of Christmas to be reminded of what Christmas is truly about. You coming into this world in unexpected ways to love people in unexpected ways and to show your grace and mercy. And may your love that you have for each of us not just give us comfort, but may it also remind us of the calling you have given all of us to be people who bear your love and light of love wherever we go. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. So we're talking about the light of love and the difficulty with the word love, as you probably know, is that love can mean different things to different people and different understanding. And one of the challenges that we have is often we come from love from a human perspective. So there's a book, The Five Love Languages, which I know some of you would have read. And that was enlightening, particularly for blokes, when they read The Five Love Languages. When I first read that, you started to realise that just because I like being loved a particular way doesn't mean that my wife likes being loved that way. And in fact, I need to be attuned to her love. And then when you talk about love in the community, people will say things about, I don't feel loved. And that's usually because of the way someone spoke to them or the way they've been treated or what they have received or haven't received. But that's all coming from this human perspective. And yet the gift of Christmas is a gift of love about God coming into this world and about God helping us see what true love's about. You see, the story of Christianity is a story of God's love affecting us as people, affecting us and changing us, but not only affecting us now, but changing our future, our destination. It's a story of God changing you and your future. The irony for many of us who have been Christians is we often don't notice this change because we have, some of us have been Christians since birth, as in being born into a Christian family, and that Christian aspect has been part of our life. And we don't notice that. And when it really hit me was when I was at university, I went and went uh, one Easter, went and spent some time with one of my university friends, stayed at their house, and their family and their grandparents hadn't been regular churchgoers. Their family wasn't a churchgoer at all. And their grandparents hadn't been that regular, partly because of the story, their background of story where they'd come from. And you could sense the difference between a Christian focus on life, particularly around Good Friday, and a non-Christian focus on life. The Christian focus on life is about allowing God to change us and allowing God to change us over time. And recently I read a book about messy Christianity and it said something along these lines, we are all involved in messy Christianity. No matter how much we try to make things nice and neat and orderly, all of us are involved in mess in Christianity. And often the mess that we don't recognise is the mess in our own lives. <coughs> and it's not about being morally perfect, this book, but about understanding that we need God's love constantly. But one of the things that went on to say is that sometimes we will hear a message 
We'll read something in Scripture and it will twig, the light will go on in our minds. And we'll be excited and we think, yes, we've changed. And it tells a story of a gentleman who went to a church service who the pastor prayed for anyone who had um, challenges or difficulty with sexual issues. And this gentleman went, I'm healed, I'm saved. Two weeks later, the person that was with him was praying with him again for the same issues. Because often the change takes time. Often it's gradual. And so when we are surrounded by God's love, that love that God has for us will continually affect us and take time. And has been taking time in most of us. Being a Christian is being like in God's incubator. God is gradually and slowly affecting us with his love. And so what's important when we think about love is to understand it's not how we feel about love. Sometimes we have a blind sight, blind sight when it comes to love. It's not about how we think love should look like, but for us as Christians, it's about looking and focusing on what is real love. And real love, as the Bible tells us, the Scriptures tell us, doesn't come from our thoughts and us telling God how to love us, but rather comes from us looking at God. And that's why our relationship with Jesus is so crucial. 1 John chapter 4, verse 10 says, This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as atoning sacrifice for our sins. And so when we celebrate Christmas and the gift of love, the focus on Jesus is critical for us. The focus on Jesus is important because when we look at Jesus, we're not just looking at a baby Jesus, but we're encouraged to look at Jesus constantly throughout our, our lives because that's where we'll see true love. That's where we'll see real love. Paul, talking to the church in Ephesus, unpacks how important this is even further when he says this, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his Holy Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the Lord's holy people to grasp how wide and how long and how high and deep is the love of Christ. And to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. You see, God's love is not about knowing God perfectly, as in knowing all his teachings or knowing all the history, but knowing God's love is about this ongoing relationship. If you've been here a number of times, you would have known and heard from me about the importance of spending time constantly with Jesus. And this is the reason, so we can grasp how much God loves us. And I encourage you to think about for a moment, do you really know how much God loves you? Think about how many sins he has forgiven that you've committed, that you've been involved with some of which you've tried to hide or suppress. Think about 
what God has given you already in this life, the blessings that you have. But most importantly, think about this. God is in heaven waiting for you to join him. And God wants you to come to heaven, not as a servant, but one of his family, somebody who gets to enjoy heaven forever and the blessings that it offers. And not because you've earned it, but simply because he loves you. And he never gives up loving you, never stops loving you. That is the gift of Christmas. To understand love, to know what true love looks like, to truly experience love, we need to be in a relationship with Jesus, a close relationship with Jesus. And that's why we talk about, and that's why the scriptures encourage us to worship regularly, to spend time in daily devotion, but also to be part of a Christian community and to to regularly meet as a Christian community. Because when we do those things, and when we're fo- and as focused on God's word, God will continually reveal his love to us. He'll continually help us. And occasionally, it doesn't always happen perfectly in the church, and I'm sorry if you've ever been hurt by somebody in the church, but occasionally what you discover in the church is people will help you in a way that you couldn't believe. They will show grace and love, and that's because God's love has been at work in them. They'll go out of their way to make sure you are loved. And sometimes even when you don't deserve it. It's this relationship with Jesus that I wish to encourage you for the rest of your life, but particularly for the next 12 months we're going to focus on here. What does it look like to be in a loving relationship with Jesus? What does it look like What do you see when you see Jesus? When you read the stories, what do you hear? What sort of love do you have? What is the love that God wishes you to have? Because God's love changes you and changes your future. Sometimes those changes are quite dramatic, but sometimes they happen over time. And as a pastor, I've seen that happen with people. I can remember one gentleman who was kind of, yep, I'm coming to church. He came to church every Sunday. He was, I would say, at that stage, very ritualistic. I do it because it's something to do, and if it fits in with my life, I do it. Something clicked, and I'm not quite sure what it was, but he started to take notice of the love that God had for him. He started to be more vulnerable with other Christians and speak. And over time, one of the things that happened, he started to become less selfish and more concerned about how he can help others. More concerned about what he can do to make sure other people know the love that God has for him. And this is not a a wimpy bloke. This is a bloke who wants other blokes particularly to know that they are loved by God. God's love changes you. And the reason he did it Because he knows God's love changes his future. And it also changes the future for everybody else. Imagine, imagine today if you had to do one little thing, which would mean you'd have a around the world trip on a cruise for 12 months. Would you do that one thing? 
that change your life. Well, what God is saying is, I love you, just simply trust and follow me. And so today, when we look at today's gospel reading, the story of Joseph, we see a life changed by Jesus, the light of love. Joseph was a carpenter, is what we know. Joseph was a good Jewish man. He was in love with God and in love with God's law. Joseph probably had in his mind, although we don't know a huge amount about Joseph, what perfect love, perfect marriage would look like. For those who are not married, have that in your mind, but look forward to it being different. And he had stuff in his mind, what was going to happen, most likely. But God intervened. We know these two things. Joseph loved God and he loved his law. But he also loved Mary, his wife. And there's a lot of discussion about how old Mary was, a lot of discussion about um, you know, were they actually living together yet or what was going on. But we do know they were considered to be what we would say married in today's context. They were committed to each other. And when he discovers that Mary... He's pregnant. He's worried. Listen to verse 19. Because Joseph, her husband, was faithful to the law. That means he was faithful to God. When you hear that in, from a Jewish perspective, faithful to the law means you're faithful to God. And the law here is the Torah. It's not just about obeying rules, it's about listening to God's teaching. And yet, did not want to expose her to public disgrace. He had in mind to divorce her quietly. Now, if we think about it in today's sort of mind, right, and if you're a, a good Christian in today's mind, you'd be thinking, Joseph's just trying to not look embarrassed himself. But the reality was back then, it was embarrassing for his wife if she wasn't married and pregnant. And so Joseph is caught between this quandary of Loving God and loving his wife Mary. Have you ever been in that situation? How do you go about loving God and loving someone? It can be a real challenge at times. Well, the answer, what Joseph follows, is he continues to listen to God. Because of his love for God, he listens to God about society, above society, and his own desires. He has a dream. He fortunately has a dream. Now, I don't know a lot of Christians. I know some, but I don't know a lot of Christians where God has spoken to them in a dream. But I do know many Christians who have spent time praying to God about issues. They haven't just taken a simple decision. Are they going to follow God or am I going to follow somebody else or society? They have struggled with this. And if you're in those situations, I encourage you to continue to struggle to pray about those situations. I want to love God and I want to love people. Listen to what happened in verse 20. But after he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream and said, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary home as your wife because what is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. And we know Joseph followed this instruction from God. And this is important 
Because Joseph could have gone, I'm going to worry about what society says and that's how I'm going to act. And for him that would have been having a divorce. I'm going to worry about my own desires and how I feel, initially feel. But what happens here is he listens to God first. And he allows God and trusts God. And sometimes when we listen to God, we don't know what the outcome's going to be. And it doesn't always go rosy or smooth. If you know the rest of the story, you know that Joseph and Mary don't end up in a nice five-star room at the inn, do they? You know that Herod tries to kill their firstborn child. It doesn't all go smoothly. But Joseph still trusted. And there were some good things that happened out of it. You see, God used Joseph in this situation to reveal his love to the world. Some funny things happened and people who worry about historical precision sometimes have a problem when we say Jesus is in the line of David. Because if you think about it from a human perspective, Jesus being in the line of David should mean that Mary is in the line of David. But no, Joseph is the one who is in the line of David. But what Joseph does is adopt Jesus as his son, just like God adopts all of us. And in doing so, puts him in that lineage, in that line of David. Verse 21 says, She will give birth to a son and you are to give him the name Jesus because he will save his people from their sins. And so what Joseph does is giving the name is a sign that you've adopted Jesus into his family into his lineage. But not only that, through Joseph, God is revealing to the world that this baby that's been born, Jesus, is the one who's come to save all people. And if you go back through history, through the prophecies, you see this huge need for people to be saved. But what they didn't realise often is they were thinking, we need to be saved from our arch enemy, the, pol- the other political side. But what God saw was what they really need to be saved from was their sins. And what God sees in us, what we need to be really saved from, is our sins. It's those things that draw us away from God. Those things that encourage us to give up on God. Those things in our life which are not healthy for our relationships with others and with God. And that's what Jesus came into this world to save us from to give us a life, a new life, which we'll fully celebrate at Easter. Joseph's love for God leads to a love for Mary. He didn't give up on Mary because he wanted to love God, but he loved God and listened to God on how he should be relating to Mary. And I encourage you to do the same in your life. If you've got people in your life that are difficult, that seem to are difficult to deal with or situations that are difficult to deal with, I encourage you to pray about, pray to God and read scripture about how, how do you relate to these people? What should you do? And listen to God. And sometimes the surprise, sometimes the answers are surprising. Sometimes they can change the way people see things. You see, Joseph's love for God leads to many others 
knowing they are loved by God. And if we take scripture honestly and understand that we're all called to be disciples who share this love in the world that God has given us, you and me loving others will also help many others know that they are loved by God. And that's what Christmas helps us do. As we celebrate Christmas, it's a great opportunity to share God's love, to do unexpected things. don't have to be major, but unexpected things to help people know that they are loved by God. So allow the reason for Christmas to affect the rest of your life. Remember, Christmas is about a gift, a gift that lasts forever. Many of you are going to open up Christmas gifts. Some of them will be eaten within an hour. Some of them you will pack up and you'll put in your gift hand-on box. Some of them you will use. Some of them will sit on the mantelpiece for some time. A few might become fairly family heirlooms. But the gift of Christmas Jesus is one that's with you forever. And so allow this gift to affect the rest of your life. Take time to reflect on how much God loves you. Every morning, every day, spend some time thinking about how much, how much God loves me. What has he done for me? Think about how much he has forgiven you, how much he has blessed you. Then commit to loving God first and spending quality time with Jesus for the rest of your life. Taking time not to rush through worship, not to rush through devotions, but to actually spend quality time with Jesus because as you do, you'll discover more about this love that God has for you and the world. A love which says, you don't have to prove yourself to me. You don't have to earn my love. You simply need to trust me and receive it. And thirdly, allow the love of God to affect your love for others. Think about how God loved you. How might that affect the way you treat other people? I don't always get it right. Most of us won't get it right all the time. But when we sit and allow God's love and allow it to think and recalibrate the way we act and do things, it will have an effect on people and their lives. And lastly, Listen to how God is calling you to help others know his love. Who do you know at the moment that you believe God has placed in your life who needs to hear and experience God's love? And maybe your gift to them is simply giving them some time. Maybe it's sending them a text message. Maybe it's ringing them up. Maybe it's giving them something that they couldn't gain themselves. Because the love that we have been given at Christmas is a love that God wants the whole world to know. And as we know of this love, it'll affect who we are and how we go about life. And that is God's gift to the world. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for this wonderful gift of love, for the grace and the mercy you have for us. We pray that you be with us this Christmas season. As we conclude Advent and move into Christmas, Lord, help us to be people who 
trust your love for us, to allow your love to be our priority in our lives and how we relate to others. Loving Father, we thank you for those people you've placed in our lives who have shared your love with us. Lord, may we do the same. And Lord, be with us. Help us to see Jesus more clearly, not just at Christmas, but throughout our entire lives. So we know your love more clearly. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.